15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
how did we get from from Grandmaster Flash the message to where we are now in in hip hop? Um, again, you have to be logical. You know, if if I know that in this hotel room they have food every day, and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat, and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the. I mean, just like throwing food around. Where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day. I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change to We hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me all the food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, and you're just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking. You know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it. Right. Well, at playing devil's advocate, somebody might say, well, what does Tupac have? He, he's a movie star. He's got, you know, hit records. What does he have to complain about? And I'm going to tell you, um, it's like being the last person alive, you know what I'm saying? After three days, you can't do anything. What can I do? Where can I go? There's no, there's no black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, with black people who have the same amount of money as me. You know what I'm saying? There's richer and there's poorer. There's no just, you know, did a movie, got a little bit of money live in an okay black neighborhood. I have to be in a white neighborhood, so I don't fit in. That's hell. It's hell when you can't be around your peers. All my life I grew up around black people, poor people, but I can't live around poor people now because they'll rob me. And why would they rob me? Because they're starving, because there's no money here. But they're telling me, now that I made a little money, I have to move here. So it's not like no one's ever trying to deal with this section. They're just moving away from it. And we're going to have more stars coming from together, but they're going to they're gonna all move this way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... All, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto. They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies, to talk about boys in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be another young, I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET, We Shall Overcome um, Achievement Awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Not me. You know, I want, when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish, and because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody's going to clean it up. Who has created the slum and the ghetto that you're living in? Nothing but a death. And since the American white man has used his control over the press, and over the textbooks, and over all forms of media, uh, to make it appear that uh, uh, he has done us a favor by bringing us here and enslaving us, then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has to rewrite history or retell history. And since the white man can't uh, dispute this truth, he tries to defend himself by saying that Mr. Muhammad is teaching hate. It's not hate to say that we were kidnapped and brought here, it's true.
It's not hate to say that we were Jim Crow, discriminated and segregated. It's true. It's not hate to say that the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in this country, came up with a hypocritical uh, uh, desegregation decision nine years ago, which they haven't enforced yet. That's not hate. That's true. But I take it then you support the, uh, the freedom-loving attempts of the uh, peaceful marchers in Alabama and these places. You don't get freedom peacefully. Freedom is never uh, safeguarded peacefully. Anyone who is depriving you of freedom isn't deserving of, an, of a peaceful approach uh, by the ones who are being deprived of their freedom. And when black people in this country uh, uh, come out from under the mental straitjacket that the Negro clergymen have placed them in, and begin to see that the only way you can get freedom is to get it the same way the white man in this country got it from England, or uh, he says he got it from England. He was willing to pay the price for freedom. When, when you're willing to pay the price for freedom, then you'll get it. But the Negro in this country has never been willing to pay the price for his freedom. All of the price that we have been, that we've been paying in the past has been uh, freedom for the white man. We fought abroad so that the white man in America could be free today to sick police dogs on us, to beat our people in the heads with, with police clubs, and to turn water holes on, on little women and children and babies simply because they want to walk down the street like decent human beings. That's now the only way you can have peace is to eliminate those injustices and the American white man is not going to eliminate them. He's going to talk that pretty talk, but he'll still continue to practice those inhuman deeds. You got the Honorable Elijah's message yourself behind prison walls. When I was a Christian, I committed many crimes and uh, those crimes led to my own imprisonment and also led to my being very atheistic, agnostic person, then atheistic. And it was only after hearing the religious teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that I became religious and was able to reform myself and rehabilitate myself. But I learned that after trying to reform and rehabilitate myself that the American white man was more against me then than he was when I was a criminal, when I had criminal tendencies and was trying to carry out or practice his Christianity. Do you blame Christianity for your crimes? Christianity is one of the uh, real causes of most of the uh, condition that black people in this country uh, are confronted with. It's the religious concept that Christianity has given Negroes in this country that makes us almost incapable of solving our own problems. Uh, the black man in this country has a different religious concept when he's a Christian than the white man has. If you notice, the black man is the only one who will turn the other cheek uh, to his enemy or who will love his enemy or who will pray for those who despitefully use him just because he thinks that's what Jesus wants him to do. Now, the white man preaches the same thing, but he doesn't practice it. Now, this refusal to integrate, surely it must lead to demands for your own state in America. The black people in this country have been like a, a, a misfit wife uh, married to the white man here who hasn't treated us right. And today, since we have given up all hope of him ever changing, we want a divorce. We want a complete separation, but we want a property settlement. And we think that the white man, we, we, we think that the American government should give us a property settlement, which means part of this country, which they robbed from the Indians with our help, and which they have worked up to make the kind of land that it is today. Do you think this really practical? Don't you think that the future really lies with a peaceful transformation of the scene? If uh, the uh, American government, the Supreme Court, the President of the United States, the Congress and the Senate, and all these white liberals have said that they're for integration, and these Negroes haven't gotten any more integration than, than they have, well, that's more impractical than separation. Practical means that which you can practice. And if the Supreme Court and the Army and the Navy and the government and the President are supposed to be for integration and you still can't get it, why, good night, you can't get this impossible. But we can get separation overnight because we already have it. <laughs>
Mr. Malcolm, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. I thank you for letting the people over in Europe know what the white man in this country is doing to black people and the hypocrisy he's practicing when he accuses them over there of not getting their house in order. 20 million black people in this country have been just as thoroughly colonized by the American white man in a more shrewd, modern way than all of the colonized people in Angola, South Africa, or any other part of this world. But the white man over here hides his own dirt by constantly pointing toward Britain and France and Portugal and these other countries and accusing them of being colonial powers when he mastered colonialism before those countries ever knew what it was. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. The very right to be human is denied every day to hundreds of millions of people as a result of poverty and the unavailability of basic necessities such as food, jobs, water and shelter, education, health care, and a healthy environment. As I sit in Kuno, my village, and grow as ancient as its hills. I will continue to entertain the hope that there has emerged a cadre of leaders in my own country and region, on my continent and in the world, which will not allow that any should be denied their freedom as we were, that any should be turned into refugees as we were, that any should be condemned to go hungry, as we were, that any should be stripped of their human dignity, as we were. If I think of my life as a class and what I've really learned, I've learned a few things. First, I'm, I'm aware that I'm a child of God. It's such a, an amazing understanding to think that the it, which made fleas and mountains and rivers and stars, made me. What I pray for is humility, to know that there's something greater than I. Then I have to know that the brute, the bigot, and the batterer are all children of God, whether they know it or not. And I'm supposed to treat them accordingly. And, and it's hard, and I blow it all the time. <laughs> Mongrel class of people! like everybody to think of a statement by Terence. The statement is, I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. If you can internalize the least portion of that, you will never be able to say of, a, of an act, a criminal act, or oh, I couldn't do that. No matter how heinous the crime, if a human being did it, you have to say, I have in me all the components that are in her or in him. I intend to use my energies constructively as opposed to destructively. 
If you can do that about the negative, just think what you can do about the positive. If a human being dreams a great dream, dares to love somebody, if a human being dares to be Martin King or Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa or Malcolm X, if a human being dares to be bigger than the condition into which she or he was born. It means so can you. And so you can try to stretch, stretch, stretch yourself. So you can internalize a homo sum humani nihila me alienum puto. I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. That's one thing I'm learning. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that one day my four little children will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with his vicious racist, with his governors having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day, right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will join hands with little white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope, and this is the faith I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together. Knowing that we will be free one day. And this will be the day. This will be the day that all God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country tis to thee, sweet land of liberty. Of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died. Land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside. Let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom ring. When we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children. Black man and white man. Jews and Gentiles. Protestants and Catholics. Will be able to join hands. 
a saying in the words of the old Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I'm a young boy.